Hey Rebels, this part of the program is sponsored by The Voice of the Martyrs. Start your year off right with a VOM Global Prayer Guide. The Voice of the Martyrs Global Prayer Guide provides background information on each of the 68 countries where they are working, as well as information on the current situation for Christians in those countries. Place this prayer guide next to your Bible to help you pray more specifically for our persecuted family throughout the year. Head to persecution.com slash prayer guide for more information. Woo! Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What's up, Rebels? We have got a fantastic show for you today. There's a book called The Kindness Challenge, and in that, innovative researcher and Harvard grad, that's right, I said Harvard grad, no slouch, Shanti Feldhan reveals three simple steps proven to make any interaction better and any relationship thrive. Any relationship? I say challenge accepted. Doing these three simple acts for 30 days not only has the power to change the other person, it has the power to change you. And let me tell you, I am speaking from first-hand experience. I've now done the Kindness Challenge twice, and it is extraordinary. That's why we keep having Shanti back on. So join us as we dive deep into the kindness and relationships with our friend and rebel researcher, Shanti Feldham. We are live with our friend Shanti Feldhan of the Kindness Challenge and four women only and four men only and four teens only. And am I, what am I missing? Well, you know, surprising secrets of highly happy marriages. Ooh, we can go on. Yes. That's okay. Yes. That's okay. You know, Shanti, you are one of my favorite, favorite authors because you are a researcher and I was going to say you're nerdier than me but I don't want to make that sound derogatory because it's not no not even close nerdier absolutely oh man I love it so much because so many people write books about what they think and I like that I like to know what people think but I really like to know what the truth is too and you have so much data so much research poured into your books Mm -hmm. that when you go into it it's not just I hope it works it's no, no, no. The overwhelming majority of people that follow the principles in the kindness challenge, they're relate. You know, I was teasing when I do the upgrade and I say the kindness challenge, 30 days to improve any relationship. And I go challenge accepted. <laughs> you know, it's any relationship with a person I really don't like or the person that wounds me all the time with. And it's yeah, mm-hmm. any yeah. relationship. And I don't want to give it away. So much of it comes down to most of that resentment and hardship resides within me, not the other person. Yeah. You can change your relationship by changing yourself. Yeah. And I just want to say rebels have heard us talk about this concept where you always hear, oh, it takes two to tango. You know, it takes two to fix a marriage. If only one person wants to fix it, then that's it. You know, you're going to get divorced if your, if your spouse doesn't want to work on it. And it's like, Hey, um, no, you can work yeah. on your marriage by yourself. And we've seen those results over and work. over again. I'm just going to give one. There's a, a young lady that I've worked with in the past and I had heard rumors about her husband Be, long before I met him and before I asked her any questions, cause I'm a little bold, but I just, you know, I was a little afraid. 
Ryan? Really? Yeah. <laughs> no, just, just a little. <laughs> Who, me? Um, the reports weren't good. Drug abuser, overdrinker, angry, screaming fights, not physically abusive to each other, but throwing things in the house, breaking things, a lack of intimacy, and I asked her about it, and she said, oh, I didn't know you could work on your marriage by yourself. And she started going through trainings and courses and things like the Kindness Challenge, and I was at an event, and her husband showed up, and I said, you know, does he have any desire to go any of this stuff? And she's like, nope, he'll never go. And I'm like, really, never? Nope has no desire, Mm. super uninterested. And I said, what's your marriage like today? And she's like, oh, it's fantastic. I'm like, really? Tell me. She's like, oh yeah, we love each other and it's happy and we don't yell anymore and it's not, you know. And I just thought, oh, baloney. I was trying to think of something not not offensive. (laughs) Baloney. I almost got in trouble today. I was like, baloney, that can't be true. And I study people all the time and I pick up phony in a heartbeat. And He showed up at one of our events and I watched, I totally stalked the two of them from afar. I watched them and I'm telling you, I wanted what they had. Like they were sitting there, she was standing next to him and he was behind her and all of a sudden he put his arms around her and she was just sitting there with his arms around her like this and he's a big dude. He's a scary guy. He was large. And... (laughs) At one point, he kind of whispered something in her ear, and she started giggling and turned a little bit red, and it was so... I stopped after that because I had invaded an intimate moment between the two of them. I'm going to get emotional. It just gave me so much hope for marriages because... She was honest. He's not been to any trainings. He has not read this book. He is not following these principles. He's not writing things down about his spouse and telling it to other people. He's not doing it. And their relationship Mm. was so cute and so special and so intimate. And their togetherness, I just thought, my goodness, the Holy Spirit is beyond anything I'll ever be able to imagine. Until, Mm -hmm. as long as we're on this side of the veil... I don't have any clue of the power of God and the Holy Spirit in me. I have no concept. And I'm so thankful that someone as smart as you and as dedicated and detailed and researched as you put it into a book that dummies like me can go, oh, I just got to follow these steps. I just keep following the steps and I'm going to get a little bit better. I'm going to get a little better the more I follow these steps. And I just thank you so, so much. Oh, listen, Ryan, hearing stories like that and you seeing the impact of what God does. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It's what keeps all of us going. I know not just me, but you, you guys too, you know, watching God at work is just the coolest thing. Yeah. And frankly, when I started this project, this research project, it was a long story, but we knew, like, we aren't always sure when we're starting a research project, like, is this really a God thing? He's leading us down this direction, or is this an us thing? And, you know, we're always having to be careful because it's a huge expenditure of time and money for two and a half, three years. Yeah. But this one, it was like, no, this was clearly like all these things happened. It was like, this was clearly a God thing. 
And as we started down this path of studying this, and my mind was just blown by seeing these numbers and seeing the fact that these incredible changes in relationships, because one person did something pretty simple yeah. for 30 days, you know, I mean, this is rocket science. Yeah. Especially in today's culture, with everything being so disruptive mm -hmm. and being so divided, I think this your book came yeah. at a perfect time. Yeah. You, I mean, it couldn't like, have come at a different time, Ugh. better time. She's totally oh. right. I mean, our culture teaches us to be mean. Yeah, it really is. It's teaching us to be mean. Social media teaches you to be mean. Everything is a line in the sand. Everything is a flag in the ground. Right. Everything is king of the Bully. hill. Bully. And yeah. It's bullying. I mean, my goodness, we have this anti-bullying, you know, language, and yet we are, our politicians bully, our, <laughs> our, our leaders bully, our yep. bosses, our parents, our kids bully. I mean, it's, and it's done with, um, oh, I'm just being true to me. I'm just being real to me. And if you don't behave that way, if you don't stand up and fight every little thing, then somehow you're not a real woman or you're not a real man or, yeah. you know, you don't you've have self-respect. Yes, yeah. exactly. You've lost something in if the, you give in to a spouse. Even though, even though we all know as followers of Jesus, we all know that that's the opposite of what Jesus says, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> still, yeah. it is very, very easy for that to become the default just because we're fish swimming in this culture. Mm -hmm. yeah. And exactly. And it's like, that's the way the current is going to take us. And that is the way our sinful nature is going to take us. Yeah. And so it really does require a little bit of intentionality. Yeah. Um, but also the other thing that it requires that is super, super important that as Jeff and I were doing the, the very beginning of this research project, we, <laughs> we kept tripping over the probably the biggest obstacle that any of us face anybody listening to this I can guarantee that most of people listening to this are thinking oh a book on kindness oh man Jenny really needs that Ugh. you know like but, but you know I value kindness I'm kind like I'm a kind person and everybody listening thinks we already are kind. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. we don't realize we are completely deluded. Like yes. it delusional. Like delusional. Yeah. It, I mean, I hate to admit this out loud, but I will admit this. What we found, and I'm assuming we'll probably explain what the kindness challenge yeah. is in a second, but one of the, you know, elements, there's three things you're supposed to do for 30 days. And one of them is to withhold negativity. Mm. And, and I thought to myself, oh, well, I have to work on the other two elements, but, you know, I'm not negative. Yeah. I'm, I'm a pretty positive person. Like, I'm a glass half full kind of girl. I'm, I'm not unkind and negative to people. Oh, my God. Once I actually started cataloging the different types of negativity and unkindness, we identified seven different sort of patterns. Most of us tend to fall into one of them, or some of us have more than one. Yeah. Um, but I realized I am negative every single stinking day 
because one of the patterns of negativity is exasperation. Oh. I get exasperated with my kids all the time. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, and I had no idea until I started this. Mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. no idea. For example, my son, you know, he's a great kid, um, just started high school. And when I was doing this, he was in middle school. And he's one of those kids who's maybe not as organized as he needs to be. So we would work for like two hours on a science project and then he'd forget to turn it in. Yes. So and I'm we just, understand I'm just, that. You get it. And I'm like, buddy, what are you thinking? And like my voice rises and I have that exasperated thing. I don't realize mm. that what I'm saying is you're an idiot. Mm. I know. Like, do you use those words? No, but that's exactly what I'm saying. I am just as unkind and mean as anybody else. It's worse in a way because I think I'm kind. Yeah. 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 You can't so, even see the first step. <laughs> no, it's so crazy. You know, I was doing this. So anybody listening that's not involved in the upgrade, in fact, if you'll text the word rebel to the number 444-999, we're just going to sign you up for the upgrade because this kindness challenge is so important. We want you to have it. So anybody that's listening today, anybody that wants to join this, I won't charge you a penny for it this time around. I know people that are like, we paid for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody gets the same reward at the end. Um, it's like the talents. <laughs> Come on now. So I sent out, <laughs> Kristen's totally cracking up. I sent out week two the email to all the upgraders and I said, are you feeling more kind? And one of my sweet upgraders wrote back and said, no, I am horrified and mortified to realize how unkind I am to my husband. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. It was a horrid revelation to think, oh no, I'm totally kind. I'm really kind. And here's the truth. In general public, I'm kind to all kinds of people. Like I right. call servers and waiters and waitresses by their name. I call, I call the check-in person yes. by their name. I say please and thank you in a drive-through. And I you get, hold doors open for little ladies. I, I yes, hold doors open for everybody. Does. And I get great kudos and attaboys for the general population kindness, which makes me feel great about myself. And then I come home and... I got to be honest, at times I'm a monster and I, it's embarrassing. I, you know, today my six-year-old still believes in Santa and we visited Santa the other night and he was giving gifts out and I ran into him this morning. He said, hey, do you want another gift for your daughter? And I said, absolutely. And I had it in her car seat when she got in this morning to go to school. Aww. And uh, <laughs> so she said, daddy, where'd you get this? And I said, I saw Santa this morning and she flipped out. And I said, Lou... Santa wants you to know. She said, why did I get another present? And I said, he wants you to know. Sorry. Laura can attest to this. I struggle with anger. I'm the angry parent in our household. So. It's so embarrassing. I just said, he wants you to know. He wanted you to specifically know that you're on the good list, that you are a good, good little girl. And he wanted you to have another present today to make sure that you know how good you are and how great of a little girl you are. And he wants you to know that you're on that list. And 
And I saw the look on her face because she needed that because I struggle with being angry and I know how it makes my kids feel. And I've got to figure out ways to go above and beyond to overcome my shortfallings. Thank you for being honest. I keep getting accused of being too honest. Your leaders shouldn't tell you that they're failures, but. (laughs) We should have enough of that kind of leadership. Thank you very much. Amen. Amen to that. Grew up. So yeah. Yeah. Your leaders are failures. We all fail. We all fail all the time and I'm one of them. And that's why we have people like you on so that I can stop doing it as much as I normally do, as much as I naturally do, because we're naturally as unkind. We all do. Yeah. Not just yes. you. I know. Yes. Well, I'll as throw we me all under the bus. Do. We all do. It's what your friend, your subscriber, one of yeah. the, the folks that's in your team there mentioned, is I am horrified yeah. to discover <laughs> head blown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just just how much we need this. And so it makes sense once you actually start doing it and once you actually start being intentional about doing it the, because they're really simple actions. Yeah. Yep. Let's talk about them. Let's, Let's go through go the three. Through yeah. About them for a second so people know what we're talking about. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Can describe it? Yep. Go yes. for it. So this is basically the, it, we call it the 30 day kindness challenge. And it's essentially you do the same three things for 30 days. The key, if you really want to have your mind blown, and if you really want to improve a relationship, the key is to start by only doing it for one person. Like when you hear what I'm going to say, it's really tempting to try to do this broadly, like for two or three different people, resist the temptation. Do not do it. Do it for one person first, because that's kind of the boot camp. That's where your eyes are going to be opened. And we've actually found statistically, if you do it for more than one, it's diluted. Oh, yeah. The mental awareness is diluted. Yes. So, so anyway, so here's what you do. You pick that person, like it's your spouse, it's your child. Like I did it for my teenage daughter. It's the mother-in-law oh. <laughs> that drives you nuts. It's the colleague that you really, really wish you got along with better because you have to work with them every day. It's that yeah. kind of relationship. So you pick that person and for 30 days, you do three things. You first, you say nothing negative about them, either to them or about them to somebody else. Yeah, that second part is a huge one. It's a, you can't say anything negative. You can't go to your counselor, your therapist, your priest, your pastor, your spouse, your kid, your dog. You can't go to anybody and be like, ah, they're such a jerk. They were so mean to me today. Ah, I hate them so. You can, no, you gotta just. Nothing, nothing negative for 30 days. And people are always like, well, but what if, you know, my doing it for a colleague and I need, you know, a subordinate at work and I need to correct them. That's different. That's actual, like, yeah, there's a reason to to do this, that you have to do this, but then you can still not do it negatively. Yes, exactly. Like if there's a child that you have to discipline, you can't let them get away with running wild for a month just because you're doing the kindness challenge. Yes. So you don't do it negatively. Okay. So, and, and the key though is try, if at all possible, nothing negative. Some things are big and egregious and you have to address it, yes. but if all possible. So that's the first thing. 
And the second thing is to find one thing, at least one thing every day that you can sincerely affirm Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you can sincerely praise about that person and you tell them and you tell somebody else. So like, for example, let's just say I'm doing this for my husband and I can't say like, let's just say there's something that drives me nuts that he did again. I can't zip the lip, can't do it, can't talk about it can't go to my girlfriends the next day at work and be like, uh, you know, yeah. but I'm looking for things to praise. Mm. And so I notice maybe he came home from work early in order to take the kids to their activities. And I tell him, thank you for that. And then I go to my girlfriends at work the next day. And I say, you know what he did yesterday? He came home from work early and he did this. And what you're doing is essentially putting into practice Philippians 4, 8, mm. right? Because, I mean, Paul, where he says rejoice twice, like I'm going to emphasize this, this is like, okay, dude, you're in prison. You're chained to a wall while you're writing. Like, how do you rejoice in a prison or a difficult marriage or in whatever situation at work? You find yourself. And God gives us the prescription Mm -hmm. in Philippians 8 where he says, okay, here's how. You think on the things that are excellent and lovely mm-hmm. and worthy of praise rather than the stuff that's worthy of driving you crazy. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. second, by the way, so hang on a second. I'm going to interrupt Yeah. because one of the ones you say in the book, which is so, so hard is praising and thanking and being grateful for something they should do anyway. anyway. So yeah. if you hate it that your husband leaves the toilet seat up, he should leave it down. Give me a break. Leave the toilet seat down. And he does. He should do it anyway. Every time he should leave it down anyway. And you go, oh, thank you so much for doing that. And you're just like, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> you should do this anyway. You're so stupid. How can you not do this? And you got to thank him anyway. Yep. Yep, exactly. Yeah, you said it's and, easy. And it's simple. It's simple. It's not it's easy. A simple program. It's simple. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. There are there are going to be times that in the first two or three days, what we found statistically <coughs> is the first two days is essentially you spending the whole time going, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea how often I didn't do this or how often I did do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then the third thing that you do every day for 30 days is to actually do a little action of kindness or generosity mm-hmm. for them. Okay, so you're withholding the negativity and unkindness. You're saying the kind things and the positive things, and then you're doing actions of generosity. And the thing that blows my mind when I started cataloging that, you know, what does it mean to be generous, to to do actions of generosity or kindness? Our brains automatically go to acts of service, which isn't necessarily the same thing. Like that can be an act of kindness, yeah, but it, it isn't. Sincerely, like what I found with my daughter when I was doing this for my daughter, I mean, she's a great kid, but at the time she was 16 and she could roll her eyes with the best of them and my head wanted to explode, right? (laughs) But, you know, I knew she was going to be going away to college in a couple of years. Like I really wanted to establish a better relationship. And what I found with the actions of generosity that really mattered during those 30 days would be when she would come into my home office and I'd be on my computer like typing or on a deadline. She'd be like, hey mom, watch this little YouTube video with me. And I'm like 
in an hour, honey, <laughs> you know, and instead an action of generosity would be take my attention off the screen, mm-hmm. put it on her. It's like five minutes to watch this little video, but it says something to her about her being valuable. Yeah. It and says, it you're, it says you're more important than my work. And for yeah. a type A parent, which I'm just going to have to yeah, thank you. <laughs> You know, my dad did that with me by picking up the phone no matter where he's at, no matter what he's doing. It is the action of, hey, just so everybody knows, if I'm in the studio, a board meeting, conference call, and the phone rings and it's my kid, you can all wait. Yeah, I'm going to pick up the phone. And you know, here's the truth. Every now and then, I did it just to tell myself they do love me. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Every now and then I would call during something I knew that was important just to say, am I really still important? Yeah. You really still believe this stuff about me? Listen, I mean, you guys, you've done so much work in the parenting space. I mean, you've grown up around it your whole life. We all know that any child having a tantrum, that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, any child who's being disrespectful. What they're subconsciously wondering is, am I really cared for enough that at my worst, you still love me? Amen. Right? I mean, that's, that's so that's the, I mean, it's not the right application of it, but no, no, no. that's the heart cry underneath the surface. Yeah, so Yeah, that's the real cry. It is just, that's just one example mm-hmm. of, you know, we identified 10 of them. There are these different sort of types of generosity and types of actions of kindness that some of them come more naturally than others, which was kind of the cool thing is everybody sort of has their groove that they can do naturally and it helps them do this 30 days more easily. Sure, sure, uh, sure. But so that's what I discovered. That's an interesting one because you said acts of service aren't always acts of kindness. Well, actions of kindness, but not all actions of kindness are acts of service. Right. There's a distinction. Because, you know, when you go into like love languages, things like that, for some people, acts of service are not really their love language. And you could do all the work in the world for them. You clean their room, do the dishes, iron their clothes, you know, whatever. And they're like, whatever. I mean, I would have done that anyway. It's not, you know. And so that's interesting where you also need to pick something that that person will feel kindness from you for. You know, and yours, that's a big one. If I'm in the middle of writing and you interrupt, My, I'm ADD. I may not get that thought back. And yet right. it says my brilliant thought in my head that I want to impart to the world isn't as important <laughs> as my six-year-old showing me a flower that I've seen 800 times before or whatever it is. It's right. just I need to feel love from you right this second and I've got to say, oh, absolutely, because me showing you love is far more important than my supposed brilliance. If that is something that's important to them. Right. Yeah. Yes. And that is a perfect example. Mm. Right. Mm. I mean, and both of my kids, quality time are a big love language for them. Same with and them. so mm. and, and yet it clashes with my type A focus. I'm going to get this deadline you know, done. And frankly, it clashes with the actual reality of life. Like the actual, like I do have to turn this article in 
by eight o'clock tonight, you know, whatever it is that my deadline. But we all know we have seen this hundreds of times. If we would stop and catalog it, that when we do what honors God and what he asks us to do with our family, he provides whatever that means, you know, and we have seen that all of us have. And so that's just one example of that type of generosity and action of kindness and action of generosity that you do every day for that person that isn't necessarily the thing you think of, which is, well, I'll bring them coffee in the morning. I mean, that could be the action of generosity or kindness that day. That could be. But there's so many others. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, honestly, I found another one, another one of the 10 that we cataloged. We actually found that and this is something you don't even think of as an action of generosity of drawing out the other person about themselves and what they're thinking mm-hmm. so entering into their world that way. Like, you know, again, and I'll, and I'll use another example from one that I did for a difficult colleague of literally like taking a few minutes and being like, okay, so, you know, talk me through some of the analysis that you did it, as opposed to, yeah, I don't have time to hear about it. I just want results. Like, no, tell me. I know you've been working hard on this. Like, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit of that of that backstory. Mm-hmm. And like giving them the affirmation of caring about all this work yes. that they had done. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's an action of generosity. Totally. And yeah. especially for children. If you're doing this with children, I mean, that's huge. The, yeah, asking guess- the backstory of them and letting them emote and tell you about their lives. I mean, you can just see their hearts just, just exactly. growing. That's right. That's right. Shanti, as you've gone through this and you've gotten letters back and, and responses from people as you travel around, what are some areas that people really struggle with? Where are some areas that it's like, you know, if uh, if you did a supplemental, you know, PDF for it that you'd go, okay, so those of you that struggle with this, we can help mm-hmm. you in some of these areas. What are some of the hard things where it's like, man, I don't know if I can get over this part. That's a great question. And honestly, you mentioned one of them which is a, why, the getting over the why should I have tos, right? Why should I have to say mm. thank you for something that you're already doing? Already should I be doing, should yeah. Be kind when, you know, whatever. So those are the big ones. And a specific one is essentially how do you do this when you really are dealing with a situation where kindness in your mind is completely undeserved, Yes. Like the opposite of deserve. Yes. You know, they somebody has been cruel, somebody has been abusive, somebody has been mean or ignoring you or bullying. Or yeah. Addict, whatever. If your spouse is an addict or they've fallen yes. off the wagon or you whatever know they've looked at porn, porn, you know, you've got you're hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about that because we deal with that. And here's the truth. Here's and they do. Here's why we do, because it's everywhere. What we've learned is pornography is about 80, 90% of marriages, probably 90 plus percent. Uh, substance abuse is so Rampant. high. It's everywhere. I mean, the numbing out with alcohol or prescriptions, and now in our states that have legalized marijuana. I mean, we are dealing with, and what we are getting is flatline marriages because they're just kind of numb. It's the, you know, it's never going to be great. So whatever. Well, you're also getting statistically, just so you guys know, one of the things we found in the statistics, you're also getting marriages that are, they're actually decent. They're, they're not bad marriages. They're not necessarily numb. I mean, that there is a percentage that is, 
but you're getting marriages that are nowhere near as transparent and intimate and thriving as they could be. Amen. That's what both would say. They're generally happy. Yep. There's there's nothing wrong with sort of being in that Mm. place. Yeah, we're generally happy. But like I was sitting down across the table from a woman recently, you know, how are you guys doing? And it's, it's a friend of mine. And she's like, it's fine. It's just not, I mean, we're happy. We're not deep, mm. you know, and there isn't that sense of they absolutely know each other's hearts. There's a huge level of connection and it's that abundant relationship that God's ultimate purpose is for marriage. It's not going to happen for everybody because we live in a sinful world, but that's the ultimate purpose, and the ultimate goal. And so, yeah, I mean, you could be fine. You could be generally happy in your marriage. That's a good starting place. Just yeah. don't make it the same place, right? Like, don't make that the goal. Make so getting driving the goal. So why do you think so many people are settling for fine? Um, I think, honestly, I think a lot of people, and this is my personal opinion, but from what I've seen in the statistics, it does bear out generally. Yeah a lot of people don't realize that there's a way to get across that barrier mm-hmm. that there's a way like it's like there's a moat and they kind of go up to the edge and they see the people on the other end of the moat and they're like well those people just have something different yep. right like yep. they're bored yep. that way, or yeah. their their temperaments are mm-hmm. connected or you know and i've taken myers-briggs and my spouse has a different type of temperament than i do so oh well as opposed to no, I can promise you, because we have done this study in the Happy Marriages book, that the people on the other side of the moat that are super, super, super happy, it has nothing to do with their temperaments. Because we looked at that. Yeah. I hope all the rebels hear that. That's right. That's right. And here's the thing, Shanti. Oh, I'm going to say this too. So when I was 25... Um... Remember what I told you, Ryan? Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Love it. We had to put our I puppy said, upstairs. Like, my cats like to... Uh, invade sorry totally, totally. <laughs> no problem so i went through a pretty rough crisis when i was around 30 and i went through a bit of a crisis of faith where i just didn't know you know i know people like my dad i knew josh mcdowell i know the lee strobels i know these these guys that i think are pillars of faith i knew the david nobles and Jeff and i knew Coulson. some younger guys you know the sean mcdowell's of the world uh, seemed different than everybody else in their faith walk, the Graham Cooks, the those people that you're like, my goodness. And I really had this internal question of, are you different than everybody else? Are you a different person? Was Paul in the Bible different? Was 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 Barnabas different? Were these people different? Were you born a special way? Yeah. You know, and or is this available to everyone? What's the trick? What's your secret? What what's that hack that you figured out? And It took, I mean, I went from 25 to probably 33 of searching for this answer of, is this out there? Is it available to everyone? And yes, it is. It just requires letting go of my ego and my pride. It requires letting go of the things I believe to be true and letting the Holy Spirit speak to me. And we're finding in marriage, and I think what you're discovering in this, when you're talking about people on the other side of the moat, yeah. You really have to figure out how to get rid of yourself. And the kindness challenge was so scary for me first time around. It's you know, I got to be honest, the first time I did it, it wasn't that hard. 
It wasn't. I enjoyed it. I did a whole month with Laura. I, in fact, I did a fourth I still step. Have my book. I wrote down everything I was appreciating about Laura in a journal, and then I gave it to her at the end. And Kristen awesome. did that for her husband. Awesome. When we started yeah, going through the upgrade, I'm in a different place. I've had a harder season. We've been through cancer and losing jobs and going losing through financial dogs. stability yeah. and losing our dogs and a flood in our house and an infestation of mice. And <laughs> I mean, we've been through stinking hell and not back. And we started the upgrade and I have struggled mightily with it. It requires so much erasure of self. All my ego is yeah. so up here in my prefrontal cortex. I can't see past the blinder of Ryan and how important I am. And it's hard. It really is. It's hard. And I, and I appreciated so much the honesty of our upgraders to say, I'm terrified at how mean I am. I just didn't know because we're all that way. Yeah. We are in different seasons. It's different. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Totally. This is perfect. Mm. We'd love it. So thanking people for things they ought to be doing already. Whew. And the feeling of, well, you know, this is a really, this is somebody who doesn't deserve kindness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. You know? Someone who's mean, cruel, in addiction. Let me just tell you, yeah. this blew my mind. I, I ended up putting this in the book fairly near the beginning of the book, I think. Yeah. Um, because it so blew my mind this concept that the golden rule, which we think of as a sort of a sweet sentiment, you know where I'm going with this. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, we think of this do unto others as you'd have them do unto you as this sweet sentiment. We teach it to our children as this nice thing to do. Oh my gosh. Once I actually looked at the context and looked at what Jesus actually said in the do unto others statement, it is not a sweet sentiment. He is describing exactly this kind of situation where you have somebody who is actively cruel to you, actively mean, like they're stealing from you. You know, the Roman soldier is requiring you to carry their gear for a mile. Yeah. So, hey, carry it too, you know. Yeah. Okay. And and he's basically describing exactly the situations we think are the one sort of exception to the rule. And he's saying, no, that is the rule. Mm. And what's in context, what the golden rule actually means is Jesus saying, I want you to treat the people who are being rude and cruel and unkind in the kind and generous and grace-filled way you wish they were treating you yeah that's golden rule means that's yes. why it's so hard mm. totally I'm, i grabbed a book because i'm going to read a little quote from it it's uh, i'm not going to tell you the book because you shouldn't read it um what? sorry now i want to see what it is i will <laughs> we'll, tell you, we'll tell you later but this is what he was talking about this is um, a Jew in, in Christ's time talking, and it says, You pour your lifeblood out into works of stone for Romans who will take your money and taxes to feed soldiers who will nail your people to crosses for wanting to be free. 
Yeah. That's who he's saying be kind to. Hey, yeah. those people that are stealing your taxes, stealing God's money from you to yeah. pay the soldiers that will nail you to a cross along your streets to remind yeah. you that you're not free just for wanting to be free. Hey, when they ask you to carry your, their gear for a mile, do it for two. When they ask you for a cloak, give them your shirt. Oh my good. Can you imagine? We are such a free country. We can't even imagine what true subjective slavery no. is like, where you're being brutalized and murdered and tortured and flogged and the cat of nine tails and all those things mm-hmm. for the desire for freedom, not for committing crimes, not for yeah. upvolting and, re- and revolting, but for just wanting to be free. Oh, mm. gracious. And- and it is, it blows your mind when you realize that being that, being that kind, mm-hmm. that grace-filled, that generous, that is what Christ is asking us to be every single day and i can't even let the slow cashier be slow without making irritated noises (sighs) (laughs) what (laughs) i mean (sighs) you know it's it is it is much less my daughter being slow or my son being slow when i'm trying to get him out the door to school yeah it is it blows my mind the level that christ is calling us to and it gets rid of all of our excuses yes because we think well this is an exception no actually that's the rule and now some people are going to say but what about when i'm dealing with an abusive person or when boundaries are needed instead yeah And, and listen what we have to debunk first is we have to debunk the idea that being kind is the same thing as being nice. Yeah. Mm-mm. Different no. things. Niceness is much more surface. It's like keeping everything pleasant. Nothing yep. wrong with being pleasant. Makes a nice environment. But kindness is a whole nother level of deep because kindness is caring about the best interest of the other person. Mm. Yep. And true kindness, if strength is needed, if boundaries are needed, then actually being strong in a kind way, putting those boundaries in place in a kind way, that is usually the kindest thing that you can do and not doing that would actively be unkind. Yep. Like I'm thinking of, and this is not a parenting example, which I know would be better for you guys, but what just popped, popped in my head was one of the women in our study group she was doing the 30 day kindness challenge for a really kind of cantankerous grouchy colleague and they ran parallel departments at their office and he was mean to his people it was causing a lot of chaos but they she had to work with him every day so she decided to do the 30 day kindness challenge and within like four or five days she realized you know what actually i am being unkind by letting him continue to destroy not just their emotional equilibrium, but his own emotional equilibrium. For sure. By being so mean every day. Yep. And she actually went in and talked to him and said, look, this is sort of the kind part of this, other than sort of actually doing it. But the way she approached it, she said, look, Bruce, 
I know you don't intend to be cruel. Mm-hmm. So she was giving him the benefit of the doubt. I know you don't intend to be cruel, but you are. And here's some examples. And it's causing chaos. And she had all her numbers, you know, it's causing chaos and turnover. Listen, I know that this is not something you're intending, but you do need to know that if this doesn't get fixed, I'm going to have to bring this to the leadership because it's causing chaos. But I believe you can fix this. Yeah. And I know this is something that matters to you, just like it matters to me. And we're just going to have to see some changes. And it was really interesting. She said he really, truly, like no one had ever confronted him about it in a kind way. They'd always done it in this mean ring, 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 you know, kind of way. Yeah. So he could brush it off. That's right. But this slips through. It, it melts a hole in the heart. It melts through the wall yeah. that somebody has created. That's like an intervention 101 that you just described. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, that's how they teach you. I mean, it's just yeah. ba- boundaries 101, intervention 101. I love it. I mean, that's just perfect for all you rebels out there listening who have people struggling with addictions. I mean, that is how you do it. You can still be kind in a loving, firm, accurate way. I love it. Yeah. And you're talking about with abuse. You know, when we talk about this, because yeah. I say all the time on our program, you don't have to get divorced. You don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you think this. You don't have to. You don't have to divorce your spouse. You can get cheated on and not get divorced. You don't right. have to. And every single time I bring this up, someone goes, oh, but what about abuse? Oh, I'm never saying stay in an abusive relationship. You should not allow yourself to be abused. I will never say that's okay. And you can be kind and stand up for yourself and say, I'm not going to let you abuse me. I'm Listen, not going to take things like that. That's, that's so, but, but the point that I thought was so powerful as I was going through and seeing some of these results come back in is that you're not being kind to the abuser either by letting them continue. That's right. To themselves that yes. way. Yeah. So that. For just, sure. I'm going to stand up for myself for yep. the sake of standing up. Yep. That's a piece of it, but it's, True kindness is not niceness. Thank True you. True kindness yes. cares about the other person too. That is yeah. exactly right. I was just at a conference not long ago and I was talking about this concept and a woman was like, well, my friend's husband is verbally abusive and, and went on and on and on and kept saying, you know, what's it saying to the children if you stay in a relationship like this and she's so unhappy and she's showing her kids that marriage is unhappy and I was like, listen, I hear you and Everything you're saying comes from the world. Everything you're saying comes from the world. None of this is biblical. None of this is biblical. The Bible says, I hate divorce. Can you get divorced? I guess. I get, just just understand, it's something I hate. If you want a loophole, I guess I'll give you this loophole if you desire, if you have to have one, but I hate it and there's a way out of it. Mm -hmm. It's not laying, and there's a thing, Rolling over and bellying up to an abusive jerk, whether it's a woman or a man, isn't kind, and it's not what Christ wants you to do. Now, you can be kind and say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to let you speak to me that way. If you'd like to go again, we can talk. If you'd like to continue with with this, I'm going to go into another room, and you can talk to the wall, because I'm not going to (laughs) talk. I'm good. You know? To the wall. Yeah, you yell at the wall if you want to and see how that goes because it's going to be the exact same response you're going to get from me. Well, and here at Rebel Parenting, just throwing that out, we are huge into third parties. Get a third party involved. Yeah. Please, 
Get a third party involved. We're leaving here to go to my counselor. We get a third party involved. I got a ca- By the way, if you believe yeah. in oil changes, then you believe in marriage counseling. Just so yeah. you know. Yeah. You know, here's the truth. Today in America, by the way, Shanti, what is the true first marriage divorce rate in America so I can stop giving false information out all the time about? On average, it's somewhere around 25%-ish. Nobody knows exactly, but it's somewhere around 25%. And what about second? Any idea? Uh, Maybe somewhere around 30. Maybe. Yeah, this was my whole book, The Good News About Marriage. That is good news. Like, like, this is a whole other conversation. We're having you back on for this for sure. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're having you back (laughs) on for this for sure. But I just want to say, so I have a friend. Not nearly as bad as what people think. Praise the Lord. And, it, and that's the thing. We are going to be champions of marriage and family here at Rebel Parenting you because there is an underlying changer. anti-marriage, anti-family thing going on in our country, and it's going on around the world, and it's because of the lies that say half a marriage is in divorce and 75% of second marriages is in divorce, and it's not true. Not it's true. not true. And so, but here is another statement that is true. I've got a friend that yeah. runs a counseling center here in Colorado. They started doing data on this. If you go to a a marriage counselor because you're thinking about divorce, the success rate of marriage counselors right now is 30%. Okay. Seven out of 10 end in divorce, and it's because you waited too long. Hmm. And my example is, oh man, when Laura got pregnant with Lincoln, I was driving a Ford Expedition, and it was a beast expedition i mean i had 20 inch rims and monster tires and it was a tank and laura was driving a car and i tried to talk her into getting a hummer and she said no so i wanted me in the biggest vehicle on the road not the h2 or the h3 but the military military one one. real one to protect the children she had a child inside of her yeah so she said no so i bought her another expedition a bigger one than mine yeah and it's gorgeous. It's an Eddie Bauer edition, and it's got the sweet stereo and leather seats and little pinstriping and sweet rims. And it's up in Black Forest about an hour from here on blocks. And it will never, ever run again. Because there was a little warning light that came on that said I needed oil. And I kept putting it off, and I kept putting it off, and I kept putting it off. And and then it started running a little funny and I rushed to the gas station and I filled that bad boy with oil like crazy, man. I got the synthetic power one plus <laughs> and I, I, man, I, I went to town and I got a new filter and I drove up to my doctor's house and then I went out to start my car and it went. <laughs> and then I opened up the hood and, and there was lots of things coming out of the engine block because it cracked. And it will never run again. It'll never run again. You can't fix a cracked head. It just, that's it. It's a paperweight. And that's what we do to our marriages. We wait so long to get help. We just wait and we wait and we wait. When Laura and I were together, when we were first, we, we got engaged and married like that. And a wise man named Jim Burns. <laughs> one of my favorite people oh, in the world. Yes, Best. yes. He married us. Aww. I was with him one day and he goes, you know, Ryan... I didn't know that Jim married you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The pictures. Somewhere. Oh, it's on our. It's on the fridge. When I was first working with him, 
This is when I was married before. I've been through a divorce. So I know firsthand the pain of divorce and what it's like to go through it. And it stinks. But I was with Jim one day and he goes, you know, Ryan, some marriages just naturally work together. Personalities flow and it's just, it's easy. And I was like, oh yeah, that's awesome. And he goes, my wife and I don't have one of those. And I was like, <laughs> I could, yeah, I I stuttered. I was like, uh, 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 where are you going with this? What are you about to tell me? I, uh, I, I got nervous. My palms sweated. <laughs> and he goes, and because of that, at least once a year, Kathy and I do something specifically for our marriage. We'll go to a counseling intensive. We go to a conference. We'll read a book together. together. But we do Ow. something at least once a year. And he said, it's not... He goes, does it improve our marriage? Yes. But that's not the real point. The real point is that at least once a year, we remind each other, hey, this is a priority. It's so much of a priority that my hard-headedness and stubbornness and your perfectness, because I'm the one that's the wrong one, we have to focus on our marriage <laughs> to make sure we both remember this is so important. It's important for our daughters. It's important for their future spouses. It's important for the community that looks at us. And so we do something specifically once a year for our marriage. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I remember telling Laura that and she was like, well, we should do that. And we have every single year. And I got to tell you, Shanti, we're doing a new podcast once a week now called Oh, The Stories We Will Tell. Mm. And it is... <laughs> It's the unfiltered look at our life from the day we met up until today, a half hour at a time. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's ugly. I mean, we've got some fun stories, but my goodness, we have got darkness that we go through. And (laughs) one of the main reasons we have lasted 13 years through deaths, diseases, all kinds of things is because at least once a year, we go, hey, this is super important. <laughs> what are we going to do now to make it a little bit better? Yeah. Yeah. It's important. Great advice. That's great advice, Ryan. It's so true. Mm. Yeah. So That's true. why premarital counseling is important. It's why counseling in general is important. It's that preventative maintenance. Marriage is hard. The road of life is tough. If your marriage is a car, that road's going to be rough. And you're going to have road bumps and potholes. And your car might break down. What's it going to be like? How long is it going to be broken down for? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Actually, can I challenge you on one thing you just said? Please. Go for it. I totally agree. The road of life is challenging. There's lots of potholes. Yes. I, yeah. I have been encouraging us to think through the statement, marriage is hard. Amen. I think when we, when people hear that. Over and over and over again. Yep. You know, it's just like, actually, marriage takes hard work, but it's not like it's inherently complicated or it requires a degree in psychotherapy. Yes. Like. It takes hard work, but I think when people hear marriage is hard, it's like, you know what? That's not the best advertisement for this thing that God intended to be this awesome institution. Yes. Slap my hand. I don't know. That's just me. No, you know what? You're right. You are. Marriage is the greatest gift I've been given. You know what's really, really hard? Me. I'm really difficult to live with. 
I am a hard person to be around for a long time. I am. I'm difficult to live with. I'm stubborn. I'm hard-headed. I struggle with anger. I got all kinds of flaws. I'm the one that's difficult. It's not our marriage. It's me that's difficult. Marriage is amazing. When it works well, it is the greatest gift I've ever been given. It is the most, it's a source of joy and intimacy and mm-hmm. connection. It allows me to be closer to the Lord than I've ever been because I'm married to this woman. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. right. Marriage is not hard. I am, but marriage is the life bridge yes. to my Beautiful. word with the Lord. And it's the life bridge to my kids. Thank yes. you. I'm yes. never going to say that again. I'm Amen. done saying We're that. Done. Marriage is awesome. All right. Thank All right, thank you Shanti, for your time. We've taken an hour of your time. So it, sorry. It has been, <laughs> we love you so much. We appreciate, man, I'm telling you, please. you guys so much too. We're having you back on with, with, with. The, the new marriage book. Yes, tell me. What's it called? Good News About Marriage. Good News About Marriage. Good News About Marriage. Yes, yes, yes. Good News About That's how marriage. we're going to talk about it from now on. The good yeah. news about it. Yeah, I love thank it. Thank you. Shanti, thank you. You're the best. We appreciate you. Have a good day. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Take care of those cats. Rebels, I recommend every single one of you get the kindness challenge and do this for your wife, for your kids, for your parents. Whatever relationship you're struggling with, this is guaranteed to change it. It's guaranteed. If it doesn't, you let me know. I will work it out with you. All right? God bless. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting. Rebel Parenting.